Welcome to the About Seth podcast, where we're talking all things Seth Godin. Today, I'm going to be talking through Seth Godin's latest Udemy course on presenting to persuade. Now, if you go to udemy.com, type in Seth Godin, I'm sure you'll find Seth Godin's presenting to persuade. The other thing you might like to check out is called Really Bad PowerPoint. It was the previous episode to this, and it's a similar thing, talking about the what we're doing wrong with PowerPoint and what we should be doing with PowerPoint presentations. It's free, it's short, head to www.aboutseth.com slash free, and you'll see the red, really bad PowerPoint uh, cover there, and you can grab that for free. So let me talk to you about Seth Godin's Presenting to Persuade. So it's his newest Udemy course. It's only about an hour or so long. And in the introduction, he tells us, this is a course about PowerPoint. Actually, it's not. It's a course about making change and becoming more powerful in the way you use PowerPoint to influence the people around you. If you're tired of sitting through dull, lifeless presentations, or you want to make your own presentations that make people sit up, understand your point of view, and take action, this might be a good course for you. So one section is titled Making Change and Communicating. How much time do you spend making PowerPoint slides and decks and giving those presentations? How much time do you spend sitting in meetings where someone is flicking through slide after slide after slide? The main purpose of this short course is to get people to change and engage when you bring your slide up. When you have the clicker, all eyes are on you. You have the attention of the room, so you need to make the most of it. A big section of this course is called enrollment. Seth's thesis. He says the only reason to give a presentation is to cause change to happen. That could be engaging with other people, initiating action, changing a policy, getting an investment, closing a plant, hiring someone, or just to make new things happen. It requires you to have a point of view and to know exactly what the change is that you seek. Almost every book you pick up or every course you attend on PowerPoint is about making your slides better. It's assumed that the structure is already correct. But less than a third of this course is actually about the slides because the most important things happen before you even open up PowerPoint. The first and most important question you need to ask is, do you have enrollment from the people that you are seeking to change? Are they there to engage with you and with what you're trying to do? You first need to work out, what is it for? Who is it for? Who are you trying to change? And a big question you need to ask, another section is, should you send a memo instead? Your deck is not a sales pitch. Your presentation is your one opportunity where you have the power to speak your mind. So you get to control the pace, you get to control the room, and you get to control who's coming. If your presentation is worth giving, then it's worth giving to the person who has the authority to make the decision. Once you begin, that's your way of saying, I have something to say and I need you to listen. The background information and the trust building should be done before the presentation, not at the start of the presentation. 
If you're not ready to do all this, then don't make that presentation. The question I proposed before was, should you be sending a memo instead? Now, there's nothing wrong with memos. They're a great, a great way to present a lot of information. They stand the test of time, and you can lay out a narrative even when you're not in the room giving that presentation. So presentation should be reserved for communication that isn't possible without you or without your slides. At Amazon, they have a process where you invite everyone you think needs to be at the meeting. You have a maximum of three pages to present your memo. Everyone comes in and reads it together, not before the meeting. Then they discuss, challenge, and ask questions. If your argument can't be presented effectively in three pages or less, then you probably don't have a good enough argument. And if you don't have a good enough argument and you don't have to have a meeting, don't have a meeting. I'm going to break down now the four elements of persuading with a deck. One, knowing who it's for. Two, getting their enrollment in the journey. Three, the narration or presentation itself. And four, what happens after that. So firstly, knowing who it's for. We have to be very specific about this in our heads. Once we have an idea of who, we can start to understand their worldview. What do they believe? What are they afraid of? What are they eager to experience? Everyone has a different posture when they interact with us. You can't please everyone, and if you try, you'll fail. Instead, pick a persona or a mindset and make sure your presentation resonates with them and their experiences and where they want to go. Secondly is getting enrollment in the journey. Earn it. Ask for it. Put obligating questions on the table. Find out if it's even possible and if they're open to your idea. Thirdly is the presentation itself. This has to come after you've got those first two down pat. We're creating tension. We're telling stories. We're reminding people of things that they've experienced previously. If all we're trying to do is give some people some facts, bullet points on a slide and not the answer, a memo is. The purpose of using a presentation is to create the tension as the story unfolds in front of the person you're trying to change. And finally, what happens after the presentation? How do you relieve the tension? What's the call to action? You've created a hole, now you need your listeners to help you fill it. Assertions and exhibits. While we're building up all of these emotions, there comes a time when we need to be able to point to things to show them as fact. You can make this a pack of exhibits, Seth calls it, and that's what you can give to people to take away. That includes all the graphs, the charts, the statistics, the data, everything that you used to build your presentation. Your presentation shouldn't have that much detail in it. Your slide should just show a simple exhibit. So let's say, for example, you've got a graph and you've got uh, decades of data that shows that whatever you're measuring is trending up and to the right. Make it simple. Don't include too many labels or too much information. Just show a graph that goes way up and way to the right and say, in the pack I'm going to give you afterwards, you'll see the 15 pages of data and studies and statistics that went into creating this chart. Your slides are essentially the greatest hits. The pack satisfies the skeptics afterwards. And important, do not hand out your slides at the start of the presentation or before the presentation. 
When you do that, all of the rhythm is gone. You need to control the pace and you need to control the tension. Giving your slides away destroys any chance you had. People will just look ahead. The PowerPoint is saved solely for the performance and should never be given out. The exhibits or the memo can be a leave behind. They work together, but they're two different things. An important thing to think about when building your slides is that every single slide, you need to be able to answer the question, what is this for? Each slide must have a single unique purpose. You must be able to articulate the point of each slide clearly and succinctly. You can even write down those words on a slide, but then remove the words and put something emotional there instead, be that a sound, an image, or a video. Showing works better than telling every time. Opening the door a crack and let others peer inside gets way more intention than if you swing it open and lay it all out for them. A collection of bad PowerPoint slides. Seth takes us through a bunch of examples. Now, this is hard to show you over a strictly audio medium because he, he shows us some still images of some really bad PowerPoint slides. So I'll explain a few of the theories, but for you to see the slides yourself, you'll obviously have to do the course yourself. A few categories of the bad slides. He says one is called the big bowl of spaghetti, and that's if there's just way too much info or way too many lines and arrows and things connecting everywhere. Uh, a type of slide is, I don't have much to say, but I want you to know I did my homework. And that's where you're just answering a bunch of questions. You've got a bunch of dot points to show people that you've done the research. Uh, another is saying, I can't be bothered explaining this clearly in that it might be easy to put up this messy slide and it's so much harder to be able to convey that in a much more simple, clear format. He also shows a funny slide, uh, a, a picture of Bill Gates giving a talk, standing in front of a really, really bad PowerPoint slide. <laughs> now, two ways to get to yes and to now. So they're the two things we want. When we have a question, we want people to say yes and we want them to do it now. If we can agree that the purpose of your presentation is to make change happen and to persuade people to move forward, it seems like the next question is to say, how do I do that? One technique is the if, then, else. So I'll give you a few examples. If we believe that this is the sort of thing we need to do, then our next step is clear, or else we're not the kind of people that we think we are. Or if this is true, then that is true, or else our understanding of the world can't possibly be right. Sometimes we imply, sometimes we say it out loud, but we can repeat this if-then-else mantra throughout the presentation. The second technique is a story of self, the story of us, and the story of now. Begin to establish who we are, how we got here, and what our intent is. What do we all have in common that brings me to talk to you? Now that we can agree that we have this self and this self connects to the us, why do we need to do something now? Some effective slides. Again, Seth shows a bunch of slides, which are much uh, harder to communicate over audio. <laughs> so ultimately, you just need to ask, what is this for? What's this slide for? Who is it for? Who does it change? How does it build the argument? How does it lay everything out that needs to be laid out? How does it point to the conclusion? Does it create tension? Why is that slide there? If you can't answer why the slide is there, take it out. 
These effective slides, they're all simple and you should never have more than one idea on a slide. Now, it's like saying that, you know, you've got a limited number of slides, so you need to cram everything into it. That's not true. Slides are free. Adding an extra slide doesn't cost you anything and it's better to have one idea per slide. And at the end of a presentation, you need a call to action. Seth says, towards the end, the work you're doing matters. If it didn't matter, you wouldn't be doing it. You should own that and you should push it for all it's worth. So I'd strongly recommend you checking out this Presenting to Persuade by Seth Godin on Udemy. Just to summarize a few of the key things. Firstly, each slide should have one one sole purpose or one sole reason for being there, one sole thing that it's doing. The second thing is that your slides should not be overly complicated. It should be easy. They shouldn't be uh, rehashing what you're saying. They should reinforce what you're saying by putting something there and attaching emotion to it and letting your words do the rest of the work, not the slides. Have people listening to you and the way you're delivering it not the slides and reading for themselves. So I really enjoyed this presenting to persuade and actually ties in a lot to that free ebook, uh, really bad PowerPoint. It's just a much more updated version and you can obviously see a lot more examples of what's good and what's bad. This has definitely changed the way I present and I've just actually this morning done a presentation where I implemented a lot of these ideas from the, the free ebook and from the, the paid Udemy course, uh, just as a way of simplifying it and putting the slides there to add emotion and letting my words do the work rather than letting the slides do the work. So I thought it was quite interesting, worth checking out. And next, we're going to talk about different websites and what people are doing wrong with their websites and how they can improve those. Thank you for listening to the About Seth podcast. I hope you learned something along the way. I strongly urge you to check out more Seth Godin. You could either buy one of his books, check out one of his TED Talks, or subscribe to his daily blog. Or go to aboutseth.com.